0: Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. I'm your host, Ken Seymour, and I'm excited to have a guest back on the show that we talked to about a year and a half. She's a dancer. She's a musician. She's an actress, uh, just a woman that does a little bit of everything. We are with Adele Pomeranke. Thank you so much for joining us again.
1: You're so welcome. Thank you for having me. (laughs) again. Oh, <laughs> uh,
0: absolutely. Uh, it, it is just, it is a joy. I really enjoyed uh, when you were on before and I just had so many questions that were left. It's like, I have to have a chance to talk to her again. And then I saw some some stuff come about and I, and I go, I know who that is. And I'm super excited that she's on that thing that I like. Uh, <laughs> I've been a big Star Trek nerd for quite a long ah, time. Yes. So, so, seeing you involved with that it's like that is that is kind of awesome and and i and I will definitely want to talk to that, but before we get to that that part there, how has life been treating you in this last year and a half?
1: It's good. it's good now. It started rough and then it it got better. it got better, so I'm happy. I can say that I'm happy i no complaints. I mean, I could complain, but why would you? You know. Well, Think some so.
0: people make it uh, make it a hobby. That's it's like a talent. It's almost like a competition. Your knee, yeah. well, your knee. My back. My back is just yeah. awful right now.
1: That's true. That's how they make friends. Like, oh, your back hurts. My back hurts too. Let's <laughs> complain about our backs together. That's Whatever. right. Whatever you got to do, I get it. <laughs>
0: Now, um, when we talked before, we were talking about, you know, with the shutdowns and everything that had happened, you hadn't had the opportunity to get into the dance studios very much. Had you had the chance to get back to dancing since we spoke last time?
1: Yeah, I did. I did a Nutcracker tour uh, this last winter with Anaheim Ballet, finally, again. Um, I don't live in Anaheim anymore. I live up in Burbank, so it was a bit of a drive back and forth, but now I'm... Back in the dance studios in the L.A. area and keeping up on it, it's yeah, it was missed. It was very missed.
0: Yes, I would would think that it would feel like almost a limb because it's a big part of your life that just isn't there and then all of a sudden it's just kind of a a sigh of relief to be able to plie in public again.
1: Yeah, like a big (laughs) glass of water when you've been in the desert. Yeah, it was so nice.
0: What was your favorite part of being able to get back to it?
1: My well, I'll tell you my least favorite part first was I didn't like the mirror anymore. I was like, oh, that's not who. That's a whole year of not looking at myself from that angle. Um, I think my favorite part was I could just the space to just. I love to jump. I'm a jumper, so I was just going and doing jumping combinations over and over again, just leaping and bounding across the floor. Like it was so good. It
0: was great. And was that uh, I. I, I, I can't help it. There was uh, we talked a little bit about anime. Was the was the Sailor Moon cosplay part of that as well, or was that before the the shutdown? Us uh, because I saw you dancing in a Sailor Moon outfit. Okay, thought, yeah, that's awesome. We
1: we had like so most of my ballet career. When you're in a company, like you still have rehearsal on like Halloween, or you'll have a dress up day on Halloween when you go into class. Everyone's wearing costumes, and this year I was Sailor Moon. And so I had Nutcracker rehearsal dressed as Sailor Moon.
0: How many people got (laughs) it? I just have to wonder.
1: Um, My artistic directors did not get it because they're a little older. They're like, you look adorable. They thought it was just like a sailor girl. They weren't quite sure. But most of my uh, co-dancers were like, "Ah, Sailor Moon. They loved it.
0: That's always one of the best things. Have you had the chance yet? to have the convention experience to go to either a an anime a gaming convention a comic con have you have you done that yet
1: not yet oh my gosh not yet i've wanted to so bad anytime it comes up it's like the wrong time i have something i have to do work-wise or now i'm hoping that i'll get to go and do some signings maybe in the future i just i really want to go. i want to go and dress up though right like i'm to go and do the whole cosplay yeah
0: if you get the opportunity that it's 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 just a ball I well let me rephrase that it's a ball from the attendees perspective I I still don't know the other side of the curtain whether it's necessarily a ball for the people that are there to present things uh, I was in Cleveland <laughs> well I was in Cleveland about a month ago and a, a couple of the the uh, the people that were guests they looked exhausted I mean, Mm -hmm. just, just, just completely gassed. And it's like, I really feel for you with the lines of people and just looking in the eyes, that kind of deer in the headlights sort of a look. Uh,
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you will be able to blend in completely because there's usually at least 40 to 50 Sailor Moon outfits at any given convention.
1: That's great. That's perfect. And it's just,
0: it's just kind of awesome so okay so i i can't hold out anymore because i was excited about the star trek thing i have to ask were you a star trek fan before you got a chance to be on the show
1: i watched it a lot with my dad i was a nostalgic fan but i'm not i wouldn't call myself a trekkie and i'm okay with saying that but now i'm really into it a lot more than i ever was before um it it got me into it because when i got the role which i never expected to be on star trek ever I was like, well, I'm gonna. I know,
2: like, <laughs> okay. Well, I'm
1: gonna honor the people that are diehard fans. Like, this is for some people. This is their life. This is their lifeblood. They love it. And I'm gonna respect that. And I did my research on like my humanoid species, on the ship that I'm flying, the helmsman and their roles. And I watched Next Generation from the beginning all over again because I used to watch some of it and watch the movies with my dad. But like I said, but I really dived into it as much as I could within the short amount of time I had between then and filming. And now I'm just. You know, my algorithm on social media shows it up a lot, and I'm into it now. <laughs>
0: nice. Okay. Well, we have to test you then. Let, let's go with the okay. easy test, the, the non-Trekkie test. Um, if you knew the original uh, the original series, the next gen, let's do the, the captain test. How many captains can you name from the series? I'm, I'm sure you must know the captain of the original series.
1: Yes, William Shatner, his... Captain Kirk, Kirk. Captain Kirk. Absolutely. So Captain Kirk. Captain Kirk was my my favorite actually. I I like the old old Star Trek.
0: It had like a lot of the little
1: the little dresses that the girls wore and I don't know, I just think it's so cute. So fun. Um let's see. So Captain Kirk and of course Picard, we know that right. one. Right. And um what's the the one before is um Pike. Right? That's right. You
0: got Pike yeah. before uh, before uh, Kirk. Absolutely.
1: Yes. And then, what is his name? I see his face.
0: Let's try Deep Space Nine. Did you ever know anything about Deep Space Nine?
1: Deep Space Nine. I I kind of look. I was more just looking at like Jerry Ryan and everything that she. Was doing because I knew I was going to work with her, right? Right, so, and I want to be respectful and know her stuff. So, yeah, you, you <laughs> got you got to know
0: Voyager a little bit then,
1: yeah. I got to know Voyager a little bit. I don't remember the name of the captain.
0: Well, that's no, all right, got you know, got me. I don't know if you remember where we broadcast out of, but we broadcast out of Bloomington, Indiana. And Correct. there's actually a statue of that particular captain right nearby us. So, there is a Captain Janeway, really? absolutely 100%. You can look it up. There is a Captain Janeway statue uh, around Bloomington, Indiana. You can't miss it because that's, if I remember correctly, that's where she's from in the in the show.
1: So great, right? It's it's, so it's,
0: it's, it's fantastic. Deep Space Nine, Captain Cisco. Okay, let's let's let's. Oh, let's,
1: Cisco. there you go, Cisco.
0: Right. What about? Did you ever uh, do any? You probably wouldn't have needed to research anything from the Enterprise show that had Scott Bakula in it.
1: Yeah, but I, I like those, and the, my dad liked those a lot. Yeah. So. I didn't of, do much research there. Now it was more—it's more watching the next generation and like really diving into that. Right,
2: yeah. right. Well, the you first
1: know, few episodes are like, wow, this is a trip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, for a non-Trek person, that's kind of awesome because usually, uh, I—if I talk to Star Trek, uh, talk to non-Star Trek people about Star Trek for any extended period of time. There's a certain amount of eye glazing and looking for excuses to leave maybe gnaw off a limb.
1: Uh. (laughs) But I have so much respect for like cult followings and pop culture and things like that because I'm a big anime nerd and, you know, all that stuff. So I've got my own things that I'll ramble on about. People are like, okay.
0: That's the best. (laughs) That's that's where the passion shows. That's where just love lives. Uh, And if you ever get a chance If you like the original series I don't know if you know this They made a cartoon A Star Trek cartoon I saw that Did you see it?
1: I haven't seen the cartoon, but I have seen that they have
0: made one. It's super cheesy. It's it's it cheesy? it's so incredibly bad, but good <laughs> okay. at the same time. I mean, there's there's no two ways about it. It, it was not well done.
1: I like the honesty.
0: But uh, it it had it had elements that were that were just wonderful. You also know, like so many things, and it's not like the new Lower Deck show. The new Lower Deck mm. show is fantastic. Yeah, and just funny or
1: strange new worlds, right? Oh, yeah, man,
0: I'm. I i got to say, if you would have told. 13-year-old me that uh, when I was a grown man that I would have a chance to watch movies based on all the comic books I loved and watch multiple television shows based on Star Trek and a reboot that's sort of okay on Star Trek. (laughs) But uh, yeah, I, I would have not believed you at all. So all right. Well that's, that's no good.
2: To we're we're no gonna reason.
0: get you we're gonna get you more stuff. We're gonna get you ready for the signings because if you're gonna get to that point where they're gonna come up wanting those autographs, they're gonna ask you all sorts of questions that are oh just gosh, gonna be yeah. off the wall.
1: I'm gonna go to like back to co- like go to Star Trek College so I have to like <laughs> study. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or <I> go out.
0: <laughs> well, here's a specific question about the role. You got to play an alien species, which is always yeah. fun to look at. But I have to wonder how long was the the makeup session to get you ready for that particular part?
1: The prosthetics, um, about four hours of work, including hair and makeup, on top of prosthetics. Well, yeah, maybe maybe three, but um, uh, so I I was there one of one of the earliest call times. So it was a couple of mornings. It was three a.m you know, sitting in the chair. And uh, Bianca was my makeup artist. She was so cool. And she did such a good job every time making it look just as good as the day before. And what's interesting about it is the prosthetic on my forehead that you see, you see my eyebrows. Those aren't my eyebrows. Those are eyebrows made to look like my real eyebrows, then put over the top of the prosthetic.
0: I guess yeah. that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean yeah. it I, that's gotta be easier than trying to work around the existing the eyebrows.
1: eyebrows. Yeah, yeah. But getting them the eyebrows on there every day individually, one eyebrow at a time, so it lined up just right. <laughs> so you're gonna have like some crazy like expression on accident. That took a while sometimes.
0: Did they like make um make notes so that when you came back to the chair the the next time that they decided they okay, they line up the picture with you of where they had things and everything? Mm-hmm.
1: Hmm. Yeah, even down to some of the freckles, that, because I didn't actually have freckles, so when they blended with the prosthetics, she did some freckles, and then she'd refer back to her first photo from the first time on set to make sure, like, if there was a little bit more here, she made sure they were there again, or uh, one that was really big with, that was over here was there still. Yeah, it's impressive.
0: That's That's got to be something else, but you got to be – I would think that you'd be a little loopy after all that. Uh, four hours of makeup and – is it one of those yeah. sit and wait sort of things or they get your makeup down. It's like, Hey, we're ready. It's time. You're going to be here in the scene.
1: Let's go now. Go, go, go. That's Yeah. That's the first thing that happens. I get there. And then, you know, we all had to COVID test. So you get your test and then you get straight into the makeup chair right away. And that was the first, that you know, I'm sipping on coffee and just, that's, that's the deer in headlights. That just, um, not sure where I am yet. <laughs> What's going on?
0: I, I got to say, I have a great deal of respect for that whole process because I, I have a hard enough time getting up at a normal time in the morning but you not only need to be up early but for you stay still do what I tell you and then for them be very detail oriented while your eyes might still be just glazed over from sleep
2: uh-huh. yeah. That's, yeah that's
0: crazy so okay you've had firsthand experience now on a Star Trek set
2: mm-hmm.
0: how does that set compare to some of the other sets that you've been a part of. I mean, you've dealt with a lot of stuff that's more based in, in, and more of a reality sort of a thing, even if it's not yeah. necessarily current day reality, it's just real yeah. world stuff. Right. How, how does that feel being in that different type of environment?
1: The attention to detail is huge. So like when I was like in the penitent, Dave it's a historical movie. Like, the amount that they were concerned with historical accuracy compared to how much they were concerned with Star Trek accuracy is huge. <laughs> like Star Trek is like down to every little detail on how the ship functions and looks and the, the color palettes, the, the lighting, the sounds, the, the noises and they make it real. I walk on the set and I'm like I think this I think I could actually fly this. Like it would maybe get up and go. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's excellent. I, yeah. And well, and, and a lot of people time, uh, a lot of people times so that's almost English. Let's try almost. reorganizing those words. Close a, enough. a lot close of enough. times people say that the things that trigger memory most are uh, olfactory uh, smells. What, what is the smell? Is it, a lot, is it like, uh, it smells like polystyrene or is it, does it have kind of a different um, ambiance being on that kind of a set?
1: It smells like the fog machines. It smells like the little explosives because there's a little action sequence there, you know? Yeah, I think it. So that actually can put you into character a lot. I feel like a lot of sets use a little bit of... They like to use a little bit of fog to get that nice look for the camera. I can't think of the term for it. There's a term for it out there. I mean, I'm sure. But um, yeah, and then the smell of the bit of sparks and stuff that they were setting off. <laughs> Every- they're not going to edit everything. We're going to actually make some things explode and have some extras run through it. It's fine.
0: That's kind of, that's kind of wonderful. I, I have dreams yeah. like that. You, you see occasionally uh, the super fans that have enough money, time and effort that create that kind of whole thing for their house. You know, you come in, the, yeah, yeah. you have the double doors that will open for you just automatically. And it's the whole aesthetic. I still kind of want Cardassian uh, bulkheads somewhere in uh, <laughs> in my in my home. Yeah, that'd somewhere. be
2: cool. That'd be so cool. It'd be it'd be really
0: neat. Um, okay, well, what about the personal side of things? Who was your favorite? Well, okay, I don't want I don't want to, I don't want to put you in that position. Maybe what was one of your favorite interactions with some of the other people uh, on the show that you had while you were there? Some of
1: my favorite interactions, um. Maria, I think she was the first AD. She was awesome. I really liked working with her. Yeah. Um, Both the the directors Doug and Mike, I liked working with Mike a lot, or Michael. He was he for shooting a lot of the action and stuff. He was just so chill. He was just (laughs) like he was driving a boat. I don't know how to give this a good (laughs) analogy, but that's what it It felt like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. There's just some things in life where you just have to explain it in a way that it's like that's what it was. I was like, okay, we're we're good. So that was that was a really cool interaction with him. He was really chill and really, really fun to work with and just got the work done really well and knew what to say and it just clicked. Um, of course I love working with Patrick Stewart. I actually ended up talking to him, I think, more than any of the other actors. Yeah, because <laughs> ballet came up.
0: Oh, that had to have been a great connection between the two. And
1: I think he was, yeah, he was happy to not talk about the show or work or acting or X-Men or something for once. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, he asked me, you know, well, what do what, what you on to after this, you know, this accent? What do you on to after this? And I said, oh, ballet, because I was going to do the Nutcracker right after Star Trek. So I was getting ready to do that. And he's like, oh, ballet. So he takes off his glasses and puts his newspaper down to talk to me about it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. It was great, yeah. He yeah. always seems, because you, 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 can, you cannot always get a real accounting of a personality of somebody just from viewing a a character that they play or even sometimes the interviews that they have, but I can't help but get this feeling that he would be one of those people that I want to just take around with me to anywhere that I could do anything with and ask him what (laughs) he thought about it.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: Was he really, uh, did did he kind of give off the warmth that I, that I imagined that he would in person?
1: Yeah. He's like a kindly grandpa. He really is. Um, Terry Metalis is the showrunner, and he introduced him to me when I was sitting at my helm. And it is funny because he, Patrick asked me what I thought of the set. And I said, oh, it's amazing. And I looked at him and said, well, what do you think of it? Because, you know, like you said, you want to take him around and ask him questions of what he thinks of things. And he turns to look at Terry and goes, actually, I wanted to talk to you about that. <laughs> <laughs> and i was like and i looked at terry and he looked at me and i was like oh my gosh i'm so sorry i just, the <laughs> I just tried to be polite and i opened up a whole conversation oh,
0: that's excellent that is so wonderful
1: yeah. so
0: i <laughs> hope that that you get to go back again for for yeah. whatever reason uh, something just anything because sometimes you I'm can adventure in space if you, I, I know, if you make the right kind of impression on the right person, they'll bring you back. No, no matter what. There's some of the things that I just love to see. If you're a real nerd when it comes to Star Trek, is some of the individuals that had major roles down the line oh, yeah. had yeah. very small roles in just tiny spots earlier on. I mean, Tuvok uh, in Voyager showed up in a single episode of the Next Generation when, when. Uh, all, all Patrick Stewart's character wanted to do was go ride his horse, and he had to stop people from taking over the Enterprise all by himself. But uh, just <laughs> just seeing stuff like that, I was yeah, like, oh, I know who but that it's is. true.
1: Right? Yeah. like to squeeze those characters into that universe, you
0: know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so, okay. Well, what's what's really coming up next? I know we talked last time, we talked about your kind of punk nature and, and yep. the music that you love. Are you going to have the chance to go back and do some more musical recording too?
1: Yes, I'm going to because uh, L.A.'s... I'm getting some auditions. I've had a few auditions. Uh, I'm going to go to Nashville for a little bit and do some music. I'm going to try to, but I have this feeling that I'll get there because it's been kind of dry on the, on the acting thing. I have a feeling I'll get there I'll start doing music and then L.A. will call me and be like, hey, we need you back. <laughs> so... You know, well, it's we'll, all we'll wins
0: at that point, isn't it? Right.
1: It is a win win. Yeah. But I have m- been missing music. If anything, I'll just go be creative with some of my old film and artsy music friends. Maybe get up on stage, maybe do a couple of cameos singing or something and just go say hi to some people. Because last time when I was there, it was COVID and I was closed down and locked up. So and I like to go back there like once a year and just say hi. So I do have a couple projects coming up hopefully, but I can't really talk
0: about
1: them film-wise. Oh yeah. <laughs> Why not? Uh, I, I love it. I don't
0: know. <laughs> you know, I look at the way I cross my fingers and I, I realize that I've got like the worst finger-crossing possible. I look like Wait. Al Pacino from Ocean's 13th. Uh, Thirteen.
1: Doing, are you doing your middle finger over the first finger? Or the...
0: Middle over the first, yeah. Yeah. I'm backwards. They
1: don't cross very much, do they? No. Can you, can you bend that? <laughs> Well, like I, I could
0: just. go like this, but then it just looks kind of weird. That just looks weird. These That's are my guns. Like, yeah, look, they're like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. <sighs> well, can I got
1: something coming up in music. That, we'll would, see.
0: that would be really cool. Nashville's got a great, just a great feel as a city, especially if you love music.
1: Yeah. Um, and it's good to fill you up as an artist, too. Like, I love LA so much, and it's definitely home, but it's so business that when you want to refill creatively, it's nice to like get out of town and just go to a town that's just creative for the sake of being creative, and especially Nashville because it's like, that's that was my home for a long time.
0: Yeah, and and it allows you to when you go around. There's so many great studios and great people that you can work with. You can make connections and grow, and connections are what it's all about. And what better way to make connections than social media? Hey there, putting People. Don't forget to check us out on our social media accounts so you can keep apprised of everything that we do any time of the day. Richard, you're most on Instagram, right? On the gram gram, yes. And what are we best known on Instagram as? Pudding guys easy enough in fact that's also what we're known as on facebook now i'd say we're on instagram just a little more than we are on facebook you might get the occasional update there we are most active on twitter where we are at real pudding guys uh, we will give you updates about the next episode that's going to be coming at the end of the week when it's released any other little updates to the ultimate comic movie database or the pop culture death counts will also be there Um, Now, our most exciting changes are going to be coming up soon. We're going to have a new website called Fate, the film and television engine. We're getting close to doing the beta for that. We're still working on the alpha side. We'll be doing a little closed beta and inviting a handful of people into this. I tell you what, it's going to be really, really cool when it releases. Now, you'll be able to also hear about that on our patreon page what are we on patreon richard putting guys pretty easy now right now it's very easy to support us how much does it cost richard one dollar per month per month not per day per month (sighs) yes twelve (laughs) dollars for a year yeah, uh, that's really not much to help support us as we release new content, as we get better equipment to release the content into, and when the Fate engine comes out, it will have its own cost, and we're going to make it very affordable for everyone to be involved with this, and it's going to be so cool. I can't wait for you all to hear about it. Both informative and entertaining. Well, maybe maybe informative, probably not entertaining. <laughs>
1: Probably not. <laughs>
0: Probably not.
1: Maybe not. Maybe not.
0: But uh, okay, so i I kind of wanted to ask some questions of you the last time you were on, and we we got to, to talking about some really interesting stuff, and I never quite got to it. And considering some of the things that have happened in real life uh, around the world over the last couple of years, I wanted to get your take as as somebody on on the acting side of things rather than the consuming side of things to just kind of understand some perspectives on some things you know we had we were talking a little bit before we started recording you know the whole um, at the time of this recording the Depp and HERD trial just finished and it it's an ongoing conversation i have with a lot of the people that i work with and some of the people that uh, are friends of mine of what what is and what should be the social responsibility of individuals that consume media versus what should be expected of those that create media uh, or are part of the creation process. What do you think about, maybe maybe the best word is, about how intrusive sometimes it feels like uh, yeah. everything is into the nooks and crannies of the life of Actors and writers and directors and things. What is that like on the other side? Have you had to deal with it?
1: Yeah, sure. Of course. Um, I I think I've had to deal with both sides, right? Um, I just think sometimes life is so difficult for people that it's so much easier to watch somebody else's life that maybe looks like it is better than yours fall apart a little bit. right? There's like humanity to it. So we get a little obsessive with it, but also we have to remind ourselves why we like it. It's because it's familiar. The drama's familiar. It's just on blast. It's like all those Hollywood, like the young celebrities, like, you know, when like Paris Hilton's getting out of the car or like whatever, and she's wearing a dress and then she opens her legs and every, you know, you could see or whoever that was, or you know what I'm talking about, right. all that was going on. Right. Or, or when you see like Britney Spears shaved her head, I'm like, I shaved my head once but nobody knew about it and I was not well <laughs> right <laughs> I'm a human too you know um I think it's just we're, we're human and I don't think I don't think other celebrities um or other actors and stuff should take it too seriously too like if somebody judges you and you're in the limelight like just kind of. Just ducks back. You no, know, they right. don't. It's not gonna, not going to come knocking on your door. You know, I don't. I don't think so. <laughs> maybe you can now, <laughs> but.
0: Well, I always wonder because you know at, at what you were describing the the Schadenfreude of it of the joy in somebody else's pain.
1: Yeah.
0: I've never quite understood that. Uh, yeah. In, on a, on a comparative scale, uh, maybe it's just the way that I look at things, but it's somebody. Just because somebody else is having a hard time doesn't mean that my life is better it just means that they're having a hard time yeah, yeah um what what do you think what do you think the responsibility should be or where should the responsibility be in changing the overall i don't know the overall tone the overall way that we approach things where where is that shift is the responsibility on Unlike the average people, is the responsibility on the media to not take advantage of you know unfortunate circumstances for people? Yeah, okay. Is it is it uh, is it in the studios and, and shielding the people that are are part of their productions better? Where is it that you think that we might be able to do better and produce more empathy for people in general?
1: I think. I think that's so difficult because literally everything is thrown at you now, right? Like everything's thrown at you. You can't really filter it. Like I call, I, I'm never on Facebook anymore because it's basically the spam of social media. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it's like a giant, it's like it's like the giant spam folder, right? I, you know, you know the, what is that age-old saying? Um, we we knew we could do it, but we didn't ask if we should. Right. Should right. we do it? Yeah. Uh, and we just jumped into it, and now it sells stuff sells. When it sells, people aren't going to let go of it. And the news sells every time people watch the news. Those people get paid money. They get more money. I don't really like the news. I like people. I love people. And I don't really think it's the studios or the celebrities or the consumer's job to change who they are or how they handle it. But I do think the news could probably get a little bit better at being the news. They're not really the news. They're like the gossip group. You right. know, like can we change what they're called?
2: Because <laughs> yeah. they're just
1: antagonizers. They never share anything happy. You know, unless it's like a little kid's local theater in like small town or rural America. You know, news. I,
0: but, maybe it's maybe it's because there's a bit of a detachment. Maybe a um maybe people have not been exposed to where some of the true joy really is because I mean we all consume the product yeah. itself the show or the movie yeah. but yeah. One, the things that I love I love talking to people in the industry and and learning about what it's like to make that with the mindset that goes to it and seeing it as it it's almost like watching a, a kid grow up as you see them develop and become what it is that they're going to be and then yeah. even after it feels like it's done it can still take on a different life. Uh, yeah. If that makes any sense.
1: No, that makes sense. No, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I think more people need to be more genuine. Honestly, I think everybody needs to be genuine. Be more forgiving, more graceful. We're just people. We're all just people. There's like these weird lines of like, this group is like this. This group is like this. You know, these people are like this. And it's like, oh, no, that person probably buys the same brand of socks that I do, likely, because they're comfortable and decently priced medium priced you know i had to go into walmart the other day like we all do walmart i bet you i'm sure you know Mm -hmm. just silly things like that we don't realize you know we just kind of put these labels on each other that um because this person's in hollywood and then some of those those actors and stuff lean into that and like there's just social media has allowed people to put this like mask up of who they want people to see them as. Right. And then long run, it just makes them so depressed anyways. Right. Which is what leads to the consumer thinking, you know, monkey see, monkey do. Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm supposed to do that too. And then is anybody actually living a genuine life? Is anybody actually just being a person?
0: I think, I think another potentially problematic element is the heart of, all of our interactions lies in language, uh, yeah. bottom line. If we can't communicate, if we can't, uh, understand, uh, have a shared understanding of what things mean and, and then be able to interact on that, then that's a problem. I mean, um, with social media, like, you know, kind of like we were talking about how difficult it is. I think a big part of that, there's, there's no tone. You, you can't get tone. No,
1: you can't. Yeah. You've been someone's voice, the body language, yeah.
0: I saw somebody mm. get blasted the other day just over and over and over. And my, even my initial response to this this tweet was like, oh, that sounds awful. And then somebody down the line was like, D- do people know you're being sarcastic? I was like, oh, I, I didn't. I thought he was being completely serious because there's no <laughs> tone.
1: Yeah, I know. Yeah, that's, that's true that, I think it's kind of why Gen Z like just puts random stuff on the internet. Like it's gone full circle. Remember the beginning of the internet with like the badger badger mushroom mushroom videos and all that people will know what I'm talking about or group X people will know what I'm talking about. If you were part of the beginning of the internet. You know, it was just random. It didn't make any sense. And then suddenly we're like, we need to make sense of the internet. And we can't make sense of like an infinite whole of just like everyone's personalities. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, where information goes to mutate and eventually die.
1: Yeah. Some people are on the internet just to be trolls to cause problems and arguments. Like there's, you know how many fake accounts are online of people just wanting to start fights because they're bored? Yeah. Like we cannot be taking it, social media seriously. And as for whose responsibility is it? Elon Musk. I don't know. Yeah. Oh my gosh. There we go. <laughs> maybe it really not. is. Just... Oh. If Elon Musk can't do it. Who can? Uh, I,
0: I'm, it may not be a real <laughs> popular opinion, but uh, may, maybe maybe we shouldn't have a a, a tech billionaire that is completely separated from what real life is and means and normal people make big decisions about anything. Uh
1: I think that goes for anything and everything. Yeah. That that happens quickly to people too in the industry, you know. Um you start out like um I'm just a normal person, those like daily struggles of life. And I I've warned my friend I've told my friends again like, will you please, if I ever stop being genuine or down to earth and I start getting, you know, <laughs> like that pull me down be like you are being crazy and bring me back down to earth because it happens when things get too easy and you don't have to actually like you know at least put an effort in to get back something in life which is like the natural order of I think almost every animal on the planet put an effort in to get me back whether that's just eating surviving or you know thriving it gets too easy and then you start trying to find problems in nothing. And then you just get disassociated from people and disconnected. Yeah. And that's, again, humanity. Now you're not connected to humanity anymore.
0: Well, what about mm-hmm. this related question? Se- well, semi-related question. What responsibility should a, a celebrity have to use the, the in quotations, platform to mm. project things? And then on the other um, side, should we, as a consumer, really actually care what a celebrity says about anything?
1: I, not always going to like what I have to say. <laughs> I don't think you should care about what anybody has to say unless they're actually directly affecting your personal life. You know, like. Now, if your brother comes up to you or your neighbor and says, Hey, can we talk about something? Give that attention. That person's right there. Right. And they're in your life and you give and take to one another. But somebody you've never met before. I don't make opinions about people that I've never met. Mm-hmm. I just don't. I can laugh and poke fun all I want at people like Elon Musk, but I've never met him. Right. Who he knows, could, be, he right? could be awesome. I, I don't he know. He could who be awesome. He could also still be himself and be awesome. Right. Like, you know, people come with faults too. I, the platform a celebrity has, that's up to them. That's what they want to do with their brand. They're also just a person trying to do whatever they think they feel called to do. And if somebody feels called to say something about something and another person feels called to listen, okay. But if I don't feel called to listen or say anything. I'm just going to be over here doing what I think I should be doing with my <laughs> life.
2: <laughs>
1: and just letting them do what they're doing, you know? talk
0: Talking about the uh, famous... Don't, Go, L- go you, that, that famous, you're talking about famous uh, sayings. I'm going to insert a different word, but you know, uh, uh, opinions are like noses. <laughs> yeah, you know, everyone has one.
1: Everyone has one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. noses. That
0: was a good one. Yeah. yeah I know. There's some
1: guy watching there out some someplace out there like. Everybody but me i'm so sorry
0: (laughs) i actually had that i told you i was in cleveland about a month ago and i was speaking beautiful
1: even without your nose if you're out there (laughs) i was
0: speaking to mark shepherd just briefly because i absolutely adore his work and uh, wanted to, to to tell him that and it's like you know we've got this podcast everybody loves pudding he goes everybody doesn't love pudding <laughs> I know he's just trying to, to yank my chain but it, it just <laughs> completely threw me off for a second it's like what no people love oh okay
1: darn oh, it, <laughs> no, it is not yeah some people like yogurt all right flan 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 is it flan or flan I don't know I've
0: heard it
1: both ways
0: I have I have heard it both ways and eaten it every way because it's delicious
1: mm-hmm. tomato tomato right flan flan Oh. Yeah, no, but the, the whole you're a celebrity so you have a platform i don't know i honestly it kind of exhausts me it's like i'm an artist first off like i said this is why i get out of la every once in a while i gotta remind myself i'm an artist i'm there to help you feel something i'm giving when you're an artist you're not taking people get famous and they start taking instead of giving and forgetting what their purpose is right and i'm giving now if you interpret my work in a way that isn't what i expected that's fine. You needed to interpret it that way. It was for you. Right. Right.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's actually a real big thing with, with any artist as, as the, the whole interpretation. And that's, that's a discussion probably for another time about where that responsibility lies. I know there's a lot of comedians right now that are in a, a bit of hot water because of, you know, things that they have said. Uh, I feel
1: bad for comedians right now because literally everything they say is a joke because they're a comedian. And right. People aren't it. It's a joke. Right. It's so bad. And it's also, you don't have to have an opinion on everything. No. You don't. You can just go, I don't have an opinion on that. I said that to a lady asked me some some question about some movement that was going on. I don't want to highlight what it was. And I just kind of looked at her after a couple of seconds and I went, you know, I don't really have an opinion on <laughs>
0: <laughs> she didn't know how to take that, did she? she
1: didn't know how to take it. She's like, well, you got to pick a side. I'm like, well, I don't think I will. Nah. I don't think I'm gonna, you know, <sighs> I think I'm gonna just love one person at a time in my life—the cashier at the grocery store, and whatever—the waitress, or the person on set I work with, or the other, the A-list celebrity—and just try and treat them as evenly and nicely as possible. And I'm not—I uh, don't. You don't always have to have an opinion on everything. And right. Not everybody has to know what you think about everything.
0: No. No. And, I don't
1: want people to know what I think about
0: everything. But that's where the mystery is. That's where and that gives you the yeah. chance when you do meet somebody new to actually get to know yeah. them rather than say, Well, I've already yeah. done a Google dive on you, so I know every one of your opinions, and we have nothing really to talk about.
1: Oh, that sucks. That's that yeah, you're right. Think about that. That would really suck. Right? Yeah. Or somebody's purposely avoiding you because they just they've they found out everything that you think and, and ideas and that are set in stone if you will and then miss have a really cool friendship or something
0: uh, no doubt about that I, I maybe maybe I guess huh. the takeaway is more than anything I think what we need to get back to as people is maybe assume the best about somebody yeah. before you yeah. form any sort of a, a thought process because odds are good yeah. you're not getting the whole story or you're not getting some sort of context or mm-hmm. and maybe they're having a bad day or maybe they have one bad opinion. That's the thing that I guess, you know, some people make a mistake. Yeah. Some people actually do legitimately have wrong or what you might think of as wrong opinions. Does that make them a bad person?
1: No, I have somebody in my life that I like a lot. They're flat earther. <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do about it. I love them right. and they're so much fun to hang out with. We just don't talk about
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> just avoid it. It's like uh, do talk about that. I'm
1: like, I love
0: you for who you are. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> look, the sun is sun is rising. Well, I probably better avoid talking about that. That that will just yeah. lead into that conversation. You want
1: to go look like, at the stars? I don't know. I don't <laughs> Let's go get a movie. Let's go see a movie. Yeah, there we go.
0: But that's that's always what I I kind of hope for people because the last thing I I don't know. Uh, me personally, I don't want to say something that's ever going to offend anybody or uh, you turn you can't stop
1: own. that though. Like, no, you're just going to do it. And if somebody wants to be offended, they're going to be offended no matter what you do. Right? They've already decided that. That's, that's on right. them.
0: That's right. Uh, and it's it's nice to nice to see that uh, that there's still some some logical thinking and some some, <laughs> some fresh air. I think
1: there's way more than not. It's so weird. Like people have all these ideas on what people in California and LA are like. And like, sure, there's a few kind of quirky ones, right? That are totally the stereotypes, totally true. But um, for the most part, the people I know that I talk and all the different people from walks of life, they're just people. They're not that bad. Yeah.
0: For all I know, all of the, the weird ones on social media are actual actually all bots created by the companies because they need us to yeah. be in a negative mindset to be able to buy whatever so. it is.
1: I think so. Yeah. I, I do have that weird. I think about stuff like that. Like yeah yeah some <laughs> stem characters with profiles online. <laughs> uh,
0: well, you yeah. know there could be an upside to it we could we could hire somebody uh, uh, I you know, I could definitely do that. I'll get two or three hundred people to make about five profiles a piece and then I'll have thousands yeah. of followers <laughs> on whatever platform.
1: Yeah, you could people do that. it is nuts. I'm like that's not even real life. if you put that much effort into like re- regular daily life, you even know where you would be right now. <laughs>
0: <sighs>
1: so always back to the news. This is all the news's fault.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I I think so. Maybe maybe it's yeah. the um, deterioration of the actual
1: purpose.
0: Well, the actual um, big big journalistic companies, you know, the ones that made the newspapers. A lot of the newspapers are just going away and all yeah. we have left are people that have never really studied the ethics behind how journalism yeah. is supposed to work.
1: It's like, have you ever tried to go write a Wikipedia page?
0: I have. It was difficult.
1: They they should be in charge of the news because they will only allow facts and nothing else. And they want hard proof. We should just, (laughs) Wikipedia should be in charge of all of the news. And then that's, yep, there we go. We we need citations,
0: lots of citations. And we also need $2.13 from you because we're... (laughs) We're, We're a
1: nonprofit organization. Right. It is by our viewers and listeners. Oh wait, that's NPR.
0: So we like NPR. <laughs> NPR is great. Uh, I actually—that's one of Wikipedia. the things. That's one of the things I always support. Wikipedia, always that, and NPR, and like Riley Hospital. Those are the things that I like to support. And, you know, there's there's no possible downside there. No. Yeah. But uh, I, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to talk with us just for a few minutes. And I want everybody listening to keep an eye out. If you have not seen her Star Trek appearances yet, you need to get Paramount and watch it because it's just the show is awesome to begin with. But uh, mm-hmm. any chance to see somebody of such talent? uh get a chance to be on the on the star trek is is fantastic and uh, i i completely look forward to it you're going to go down to nashville i'm going to hear that there's going to be an album coming out like in a year and i'm, I'm just i'm i'm primed i'm ready
1: okay me too all right me too
0: <laughs> thank you again so much
1: you're so welcome